What the? Mike, did you pick this? What? Hey, welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Terrian. And I'm Scott Lieb. We're two friends who are following Jesus into the joys and challenges of everyday life. All right. Well, here we go. Another day. Another Another podcast. On this never-ending road to Calvary. Ooh, wow. That's a line from Les Mis. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Do you know that? I had no idea. I've, I, I've, I can't get into Les Mis. I've tried. Oh. I've, I've watched the film version with Hugh Jackman and uh, who's, the, who's the girl? Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Um, Jean Valjean, whatever his name is. <laughs> Jean Valjean? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's something much oh, deeper. We'll have to talk about that on I'm, another episode. There's probably something much deeper because people love it. And yeah. I, I've i tried to... I watched the film one time, fell asleep, you know, <laughs> and then I watched it again and I didn't fall asleep. But in the end, I'm like, I don't... There are bits and pieces that I remember about it. I don't. Maybe the big picture of it escapes yeah, me. But I think so. Who cares? It's yeah. like one of my all-time <laughs> favorite yeah, like, stories no, ever. It definitely, it yeah. definitely uh, yeah. is lost on yeah. your feeble well, brain. <laughs> your your feeble brain. <laughs> yes. But we will. Uh, we will. Let's let's come back to that topic okay. another podcast because that would be an interesting thing. Okay. But, all right. But actually, it's your turn this week. So, uh, what is it, my friend, that you want to talk about? Oh, so many things, but uh, yeah, I guess I guess we could talk about. Um, I I consume a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts, and uh, I find the guy interesting because he uh, he's not like really an expert in anything, but he he is a very naturally curious person. I totally see why you like him. <laughs> so <laughs> you're. You're you're a lot like that yourself. Huh, yeah. Except I don't have any martial arts skills and he could probably destroy me in two seconds. But that's neither here nor there. That's not what I want to talk about. My personal destruction at the hands of Joe Rogan. I want to talk about his podcast. And because, uh, man, he just, wow, the guy is able to have all of these super cool people, super interesting. Some of them I agree with uh, in principle and some I'm like I don't uh, you know like I find myself totally disagreeing but I think what's really cool is Joe asks these really amazing questions and um, and just gets people to talk about things sometimes things that they're not even really experts on so anyway the one of the most recent ones was with this dude uh, who is one of the founders of open AI uh, I don't really know anything about OpenAI. You know, I've dabbled in ChatGPT and just like some real basic stuff that has to do with uh, real fundamental AI. And I think AI at this point, um, for anybody who <laughs> has been living under a rock uh, for the last couple of years, it, you know, artificial intelligence. Like there's these groups of people that are, Figuring out ways to create uh, by, you know, basically by feeding these programs and these like algorithms and stuff like that. Just tons and tons of information, basically feeding them yeah. the entire history of the Internet. Yeah. And, endless uh, data. Endless data and getting them to th 
getting these systems to kind of think creatively, um, you know, not be so not be so bound by rigid rules and stuff like that. So anyway, you know, I'd say where it's at right now is kind of like first grader sort of AI, you know, and um, so it can it can spit back to you like an answer. Uh, it, you know, if you're like, write me a story uh, about this topic and these people, these characters and have it be, you know, a 5000 words or less, it'll do that. You know, like, or create a picture of uh, a building in the style of uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. You know, it'll it'll create this picture, um, and uh, it's still quirky. Like, there's things where the details of it is like, okay, that that doesn't even it's M C Escher esque. You know, like where it doesn't even work out. But uh, so there's but there's these people, these groups and organizations that are just full steam ahead on this stuff. And um, as I'm listening to this guy in particular, the discussion is all about where it's going, where it's heading. Um, but there's there's never really any discussion about like the spiritual, any kind of spiritual aspect of this thing or how it's good for the soul of humanity um, it's always just about humanity, like human ends, you know, like, um, well, you know, if we have chips in us and people can read people's minds, like, is, you know, what, what, what does that mean for human beings? Are we evolving into some kind of new form of human being or is the, you know, the, Joe Rogan likes to use the thing like our monkey bodies, you know, are they going to be left behind at some point and we're going to be able to escape them? And as they're talking about it, I'm having thoughts like, no, I think the human body, at least from a from a Christian um, perspective, it's important to us, the human body. Like, I don't think from that Christian mindset that we should be desiring to escape our bodies, you know, or to leave our bodies behind. But anyway... So we can talk about so many things in that, like AI, our our bodies, what we, you know, like, our, anyway, I don't know, so many things. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's opened up a lot of questions, a lot of ethical questions, a lot of, you know, existential questions, like, what does this really mean for us? How is this going to change? You know, one of the things that I guess has me sort of concerned is that, you know, just with the advent of the smartphone, um, we we haven't even yet figured out really um, and gotten our heads around the impact that that change has made on on the way we interact mm. with each other and and especially young people, but it's it's all of us, and we definitely can see that there's some real bad sort of effects of. Uh, this first generation, this first smartphone generation, on so many things, um, and and so and now we're introducing a new technology, and that's it, perhaps not quite, but perhaps infinitely more powerful yeah. in terms of data, you know, collection and organization, and 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 then kind of distribution. Um, and uh, with the algorithms and the in the the capacity to distort and manipulate 
people's understanding, their perception of things. Um, one of the things I think I am I, the most concerned about is the inability to validate or verify anything. You know, like how do you know what's real now? Yeah. And, and we've always had that problem. I mean, even when we were getting things just through newspapers or the radio, you know, we, we, there's a, we, there was a tremendous amount of trust that we had in, in the broadcasters, you know, even in, in, the, in the journalists of yesteryear, mm. um, you know, giving us the truth. But now uh, the level of convincibility that AI technology, I mean, you know, they, you know, in not too many years, they're going to be able to produce videos of a person who's not really that person. Oh, yeah. Giving a message that's really not their message. And <laughs> there sure. will be no way of knowing that. Well, they already have a, a technology where... Uh, especially for people um, whose voices are out, you know, in the public square, whether video recordings, audio recordings, blah, blah, blah. And there is a program that you can, you can feed all of, all of the history of that person's vocal recordings. Yeah. And it will create a... Uh, Basically, you can, you, and then you can make any statement. You can type in or ask it to say anything in with that person's voice, and it is exactly sounds exactly like that person. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's why I'm gonna like you know change my <laughs> voice all the time. I'm trying to get out in front of that so they can't right. do that to we, me. We should have. So one I'm of, yeah. just gonna like you know make my inflection really random. Or have one of those things like the the person in the in the you know the sh the shaded thing whenever they're interviewing him and it's like I thought that that would be you know like they yeah, right. manipulate their voice. Oh gosh. No, no one thing you but, were but wait yeah well, go go for it yeah no I mean I just like like the um I I do think it's you know we live in what they call the information age. I think we're we're moving into maybe a new age, um, but but we still are driven by this idea that information is all that matters, and and we forget about um, the uh, the 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 virtue or the skill of interpreting data. How do we interpret? How do we evaluate? First of all, whether whether information is authentic or not and not fake, but how do we how do we sift through what's of value and what's important and relevant to human life? And what's not? And we always say, well, let every other, let every person decide that for themselves, mm. except for the fact that over the course of the entire history of hum humanity, no individual human being has ever had to do that. Yeah. We've always had information filtered to us through a tradition, through culture, through a family, through a people, uh, you know, it, through um, you know, art, through you know, it's there's always been an interpretive mechanism that helped us. Uh, in, in uh, assimilate, and on the one hand, we say, "Well, you know," but that's always limiting, okay? But, but limiting in a bad way. I mean, what's worse, like living within the context of a of like a people, a community, a culture that has some sort of identity and some sort of shared values and way of life, versus uh, being thrown into the middle of an ocean of unmediated information and then being left virtually by yourself. I mean, you might as well be born and just dropped in the middle of the ocean mm. and being and, and, and then told, good luck, I hope you can survive. Like, I don't think we realize how important 
being able to discern, decipher, yeah. filter, like figure out what's relevant, what's important. The human mind has a certain innate ability to do that, but we never do it by ourselves as individuals. Yeah. And that's what's happening. And I think that when you see anxiety and you see stress and depression, all these things going up and up and up, Yeah. I think it's because we have no uh, grounding in this kind of world, this ocean of information now, and we don't know what to make of any of it. And quite honestly, we'll go, we'll go crazy. So... Yeah, I'm very worried about the younger generation because they don't they don't know how to read and decipher a book. <laughs> they don't know how to yeah. they don't learn logic. They don't know uh, how to dis- detect fallacies, mm. um, y- y- logical fallacies. They they don't know how to do the homework and the research they need to validate claims that are being made, and uh, and it's scary. To wow, me. dang, that's so true. I mean, I can I can see it. One of my favorite classes in high school that I ever took was called um, Contemporary Affairs. And the whole structure of the class was uh, the the teacher would divide the class into two camps. And he would give them a newspaper article. And, uh, and that, you know, the topic could, could have been anything. It, it was like, in fact, I remember one time it was the death penalty. It was a, an article about somebody who was about to... Um, it was on death row. Uh, it was about abortion. And um, so you had to, using the tools of the class that he taught you, um, really like critical thinking. You had to read the article, and then you had to formulate arguments um, for or against this topic. And then your team had to present the topic. So it was mm. almost like a and, little... And yeah. Just really quick, let yeah. me interject there. Now... If if we don't we're not vigilant, kids can just go into the AI technology and have that done for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. They don't even have to. They don't have to do any personal critical thinking you know, and about it, it. It's not the same as the difference, say, between trying to do math problems in your head versus using a calculator. It's right. a totally different level of of thinking and thought processing. If you can't be logical, or you can't reason, or you can't. Um, detect fallacies, you you will be utterly, like, you will be harmed in your life by that yeah, inability, yeah. that lack of that skill. Yeah. And it, it's funny because you're talking about, like, that information is the most important thing. Because it, uh, in that podcast, clearly for them, it is. They they have this v- sort of view that if the, if the if all of this information becomes so uh, apparent and easily digested in a person um, through AI, like through neural technology and things like that, that somehow it's going to open their mind and expand their mind, uh, make them you know, more peaceful, more understanding, more uh, civil towards each other. And um, I, I, being able to observe what the wealth of information has done so far through smartphones, um, I would say that that's you know, if that's the trajectory that we're going towards, it doesn't seem like it. Like it seems like uh, people are in in some ways. I don't want to say dumber, but it's it's that discernment. Yeah, like the ability to discern and reflect and like yeah evaluate evaluate all of that stuff is like decreasing exponentially 
And like you said, I mean, I read a book. There's an incredible book out there that is neither for nor against the, s- the smartphone, but just based on the raw data of how they've, in- you know, like interpreted all the rise. They've never seen um, a difference between generations in terms of how people answered the questions about happiness and, you know, ambition and things like that. And what they've noticed is like these cliffs of difference in the responses in people and in a, a significant rise at the same time in anxiety and depression and suicide and all these things. And they tried to trace it back. They were like baffled by it. What, what is causing these things? And so finally somebody just sort of was like, well, you know, this stuff, all of these questions to the, or all the answers to the questions happen around 2008, 2000, you know, between 2008, 2011. And they're like, well, is it this, you know, they, they tested a bunch of things that happened around there, like, uh, the, the great recession. And they're like, no, because inner city poor kids are answering these questions the same way that, uh, affluent suburban kids are answering them. And so finally somebody threw out, well, isn't that whenever the first, you know, truly smart iPhone came out and, uh, sure enough, the more they dug into that, they're like, oh yeah, this is all, this is all a result of the smartphone. And I think, and I'll let you comment on this, but for me, like that underlying principle and the only thing that's going to save us from our own kind of like self-destruction, because this technology is inevitable. It's going to happen. Like the smartphone is going to happen. And, and the more it keeps going, the more the, like we're not going to be able to function in a world without it unless we become like separatists or, you know, like hermits and things like that. But it's like we have to focus on giving people the tools to filter you know you use that word to filter to discern to uh to be able to like logic and it seems like those things are not being not being primarily like it's all about um science technology blah 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 there's no you know what i mean yeah no i know exactly what you mean i mean it's um it, it, I would just add to your list also just, and, and it's part of the discernment, but like there's a lot, most of the content on social media is worthless. So it's also about what do we put our attention on? And right now they're very good at manipulating us cognitively and emotionally to put our attention on things that really have no significance at all to human life, to a good human life. And it's hard because, I mean, I, I even find myself utterly distracted all the time, and, and not to mention all of the kind of interior psychological effects that that has on your motivation, on, you know, where your affections are. Sure. I mean, it's addictive. It's highly addictive. Yeah. This, you know, your feeds and how, how, much, how you know, you just want to go back and look because and, it's always new. There's always proven, something curious. Yeah, how addictive there's a, you know, Aquinas talks about this one, um, uh, one vice, which always I thought was really an interesting one. It's called curiositas, curiosi- curiosity. But the way he defines it is, is when you, when you cultivate a desire to know things that you either don't need to know or have no right to know. So sometimes you can try to dig too deeply into something to understand the way something works, and you don't really need that knowledge to live a fully functional and healthy mm. human life. So, you know, we don't need to know 
how to split an atom. But now we do, and now we have to deal with nuclear bombs. So, you know, like, we didn't need to know that. Mm. Someone was curious, and, yeah. and, and that curiosity is, is actually, he would say, is a sin. We don't think that way at all. We think, well, if we can, we should. Right. You know, if we can dig into something and unleash its power and somehow yield that power for some end, it's good. But what if the end isn't good? You know, and what if the motivation for trying to yield that power isn't good? Is it good then? So maybe we just shouldn't at all. Like, to, to go trace it all the way back and say, maybe the curiosity about those things itself is disordered mm. because maybe we just aren't meant to know those things. But on a more trivial level, you know, knowing what the latest fashion or latest way to decorate your eyes if you're a teenage girl or, or the latest, you know, perfect muscle sculpting exercise or, or, I mean, you could go on endlessly, you know, do I really yeah. need to know all of the backstory behind how this band wrote this song? I mean, you can go on and on, like endlessly, with absolutely perfectly insignificant, mindless information <laughs> yeah. that contributes nothing to the quality of your life whatsoever. And now we're just inundated. I think back to when I was a kid, and it's like, I, I'm so thankful that I did not have access to a fraction of the information that our kids do yeah. today. Right. Because instead of just consuming endless amounts of whatever, images and whatever, I was just outside playing. It's like I was throwing the football with my buddy or I was climbing a tree or making a fort or playing capture the flag or, you know, I was just playing and being being a yeah. human child. And I just see kids just, that's just not what they're doing today. So I don't know. I mean, it it it, it does scare me, but I feel like a lot of people are more scared about, you know, this kind of scenario, this Terminator movie type scenario where the machines take over the world and I, for me, the image of the future is is very different than that, and and much in some ways much scarier. It's more of like a a deadening of the soul, and becoming really kind of a zombie generation where we really are we become these mindless creatures. Yeah. That that really have no capacity to reflect, to think, to. Um, Put our attention on transcendent yeah. values. Anyway, yeah. I go on. No, here. no, it's making me think of one of my it, my favorite Pixar movie of all time is Wall-E. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. so prophetic. Yeah. I feel like it's very prophetic. It is because we've destroyed the earth with our with our consumption of things and the trash that uh, that is the result. You know, so we have these robots that are building these little cities out of trash cubes down on the earth, you know, trying to trying to make it eventually habitable again. And in the meantime, we send people up on these spaceships to live on these spaceships while while we're, you know, working on the earth. And uh, on the spaceship, people are just riding around. They're all obese. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They're all stuck obese. Stuck in these chairs. Stuck in these floating They're... chairs that just float around the the spaceship with screens. Everything is screen related. They're they're lost in screens. They're not interacting with each other. And then whenever they're forced to interact with each other, there's this like beautiful moment of like rediscovering what it what it actually means to be a human and to you know to have a have a face-to-face -face engagement with somebody and and to it's it's such an incredible movie, you know, and um, I feel like yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about. That 
eventually it's not like a robot overthrow i mean it might be and that would be somewhat maybe cool like and <laughs> like wow this was really where it was going like the robots actually are you know going around and fighting the human beings um but i feel like it's more by the way i saw the movie the creator which we, we should also talk about that a little bit but are you familiar with it no okay but anyway um yeah it's more like a deadening like those people on that spaceship in that animated movie are just dead. They're like, yeah. wh why? What's the purpose of their life? Why do they exist at that point? Yeah, except and, and to be entertained or yeah. And Wally and Eve, Eve, yeah, Eva. the little Eva. Mm -hmm. They're they're more alive and more human than the humans are. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're more aware. They're more. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. What a what a great well, great movie. It. it I guess it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's it's certainly profound. Yes, and 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 I think somewhat prophetic. I love that movie too because yeah. I I think it really does, and it and it does a beautiful job. Like when Wally's watching those TV shows, and seeing people dance and mm -hmm. things like that. Like yeah. He's he's actually kind of the the protagonist in the story that is reminding the audience what it means to be human. Yeah, and uh, you know one of the things what you're saying makes me think of. And I th I've thought about this so many times, that the more that human beings touch, literally touch, and are in the presence of, and f and and engage bodily with the things that God has made, mm. the more human we become, and the more we spend with the conventions and technologies that we create, the less human we become. And that's not to say that a tool is a bad thing. But imagine if I, imagine if I, if I had a whole shed filled with gardening tools and all I did was sort of like fondle and hold and play with and shine and polish mm. the tools in my tool shed, but I never gardened. Right. Like, what's the point of the tool? Yeah. So, you know, you can talk about, for example, how the phone or the internet creates connectivity. But the reality is, is it doesn't create connection, real connection, real mm -hmm. human connection, because we're not really... So, you know, you, classic example, you see two teenagers uh, texting each other uh, while they're both swinging on swings in the park, and they're not actually <laughs> having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And you think, what, what is... Or kids out, you know, families out to dinner eating a meal together, and mm -hmm. they're all on their phones. Yeah. Like... Like and and so I you know I think we should pause and say you know it's not that technology is evil, but technology is only humanizing when it actually is a vehicle by which we become more connected to and more in touch with what God has created, you know. And I yeah. see I, I the same thing with food, you know. Yeah. You know how we are about food in our family, but but you know like the more we process food the unhealthier we become. The more we eat the foods that God made, sort of untainted by modern industrial mm. production processes, the, the, the more we eat that food, the how unhealthier we get. We mm. just get sick. Yeah. No, so, that's interesting because it's like what you're saying, uh, and I've, you know, I, I love technology. I love my phone. I love, I, I love it. I love what it does. I love what it does. I love the tool that it, that it can be. But I also hate parts of it, you know, like I hate getting sucked into scrolling through Instagram or or Facebook and like what? Yeah, I mean, you can get lost so easily in that. But what I love about it is I love the most 
when I'm the happiest about it is whenever I'm using it for the for what I would say, you know, for me is the right purposes. Like, I want to go for a hike. So I get on there, and I could never do this 10 years ago. You know, I have an app where I look for hikes near me. I read people's reviews of them. Oh, this one looks, you know, it's got this kind of this mileage, blah, blah, blah. And then I use that information to go out and have a real experience you know, like with walking with my kids or, you know, like backpacking and, and experiencing nature. So it's like I'm using the technology to enhance the human experience. Right. And you're using it for its actually designated purpose. Right. And that's where information is useful. Yeah. So data collection is important in a certain respect in a very narrowly defined way. So this might be a really crazy question to throw out there, but... You know, <clears throat> I imagine there's a lot of people who have very, very uh, varying degrees of what they think it means to be human. You know, what? The, well, you're like, you know, um, when we when we detach from technology, the things we create, we actually become more human. So, like, what does that mean to you? Like, if someone were to be like, well, what does that mean to be human? Like, give me some. Because there's a lot of people, especially listening to that Joe Rogan podcast, it's almost like there's a lot of people who want to get away from certain aspects of what it is to be human. They want to become a whole other, whole other sort of like entity or a whole other type of being. Well, yeah, but I think I I think that they they're they, doing that in a in a non-reflective way because they don't realize how much. The technocratic society we live in is actually alienated themselves already from their own humanity. Like we just don't. And so, dealing with really human things and and real interactions with people, or getting our hands dirty, or whatever, going for a hike, takes some work, and it's messy, and we might get tired, and we might have to exert ourselves, and mm. you know, rather than just sort of disappear you know, or, or withdraw from, you know, and be in our own little cyberspace, you know. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's easier, but it's not fulfilling. Like, I'm always telling my kids this, like, go go out and go do something. Yeah. Like, you just sit. Well, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I can't get, I don't know what to do. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> what did we do? Right. Uh, you have an imagination. That's a human thing. Go use it. Jeez, yeah, but Louise. their imagination is, 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 is stunted, stunted and retarded. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. So, it, wow. it, it, you know, and, and that's, you know, again, as a parent, it's hard because you're constantly fighting this battle. You can't, you can't completely, you know, take it away from them. Because that's not going to work. They're going to want it more. So what I've been doing is I just let my kids, like, go for it. You want to play video games all day? Okay, go for it. And, you know, about five hours in, it's like, how are you feeling? Yeah. It's like, oh, God, I just don't, I hate how I feel. Yeah, their face like, is all red. They oh, Okay, let's gosh, stop right yeah, there. Yeah. Let's reflect on why you feel that way. Why do you feel that way? You know, you know, you have other body parts besides your eyeballs and your thumbs. Mm -hmm. And you're not, you haven't used them all day. Yeah. But you go outside and go, you know, go kick a soccer ball or go, you know, I don't know. It's a constant challenge to get out there. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I just force them. I just have to. But but they, I do, I am seeing that my kids are outgrowing that because part of it is because I have just, I put so much attention on, do you, do you notice how you feel? You just feel lethargic 
unmotivated. Oh, yeah. You're not supposed to feel that way. When I was your age, when I got bored, I just, I I had to go do something. Like, I went out. I got on my bike. I rode all over the place. I built jumps and jumped on my bike over garbage cans and crashed and got road (laughs) rash all over my forehead and my elbows. I mean, we lived. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I, I don't know. I just, but yeah. I mean, I just think that that we um, we are truly alienating ourselves from our own humanity. Yeah. By snuggling up with all of this technology. Yeah. And and information driven technology, as though the more stimuli we get in terms of just pixels and data points, is somehow. Uh, gonna make our life better. Yeah, I, for me, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that make us human, and I think a big part of that is like all the things you're saying, but also <clears throat> the experience, like the emotional experiences, the feelings we have of like anger, even anger, like or frustration, or and I'm not saying these are great or the pinnacles of human expression, but. They're the like the things that make us uniquely, and I would say probably you know tied to God in some way. Like God gave us these feelings, and and it's funny because on this podcast, and I don't I, you know I'm just using the podcast. <laughs> I keep coming back to all the ideas because I'm like I disagree with that. They're talking about you know well maybe in the future we can kind of edit out these or minimize these feelings of like anger and disappointment and sadness and and i'm like that sounds so like terrible we're then we're just zombies like we're you know we're sort of like well we're robots filled with information but who cares like yeah but and that's there's something so there's something so beautiful about like yeah just being able to feel feel and that's a, that's a struggle for me. That's a whole other, yeah. <laughs> maybe a whole other ta- podcast. No, but it's. But do you notice though how important that is? It is part of our experience that we feel things, and a lot of what we feel are hard feelings. But you think about the relationship of hard feelings to a human life, and all the good things that can ultimately come of hard things. And we want to sanitize. We want to protect ourselves from those things. Yeah. We don't want to feel bad things. We just want to feel good things. That's not a human life. Yeah. I. Well, it makes me go back to that um, statement that you made about um, j- just because we can do things, like we should. There are people out there that are like curiosity leads them to these spaces of like uh, – to go down a to go to go down a path it's like we don't need to like we don't need to do that but but uh we go and do it anyway and you know like uh, some people would be like well though that kind of curiosity and that sort of like entrepreneurial um explorer kind of spirit has led to many good things you know like uh being able to fly to the moon i don't know what the good of flying to the moon was but regardless or the discovery of medical kind of like you know things or chemical type things that have helped helped us as human beings what how do you know when you're crossing that line of like this is a curiosity 
because there will probably be some good things about AI and there will probably be some really, really bad things also. Yeah. So it's like, how do you know when you're crossing that line of like, you know, where your curiosity is leading down a road of like, um, that we shouldn't be going down this road. Yeah. And that's probably not an answerable question. Well, I guess, no, I mean, I but. actually, I, th I think it is an answerable question. I mean, I think, first of all, we, we need wisdom. You know, wisdom is the ability to know the real value of things How at do their we deepest level. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I meant to say this earlier, but I'll just say it quickly. We, we need the Bible more than ever. <laughs> just yeah, right. Because the Bible is the book of what it means to be human yeah, and right. what it means to be in relationship with other humans and with God and with our existence and our bodies and our societies and everything. Yeah. So so we need to we need to really be rooted in the word of God because it really is the it is the the means by which it, we are going to be able to discern good from evil, helpful from unhelpful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But but I think I think again coming back to, you know, we don't believe that technology is intrinsically evil. And no particular advance in technology is intrinsically evil. It's always about the ends to which we put that technology to use. So the problem isn't so much trying to get a hold of the, the technology. It's really trying to get mastery and a hold of our human hearts. And we, you know, if the technology leads me deeper into the human experience, you know, of, you know, like what it means to really be a human person. And we need to reflect on that. We need to, we need to, uh, I mean, thankfully the arts are still doing a great job. I mean, there's a lot of great movies that technology sure. employs yeah. and, and, and music today that comes out and, you know, like it comes, it's just so much of people that are thoughtfully reflecting on their human experience. We need to, pay attention to that stuff, and we need to teach our children to pay attention to this stuff, you know, which is why I don't try to take technology away from my kids, but I try to sit with my kids with the technology and use the technology to get them in touch with something deeper about themselves. So mm. I watch, my dad never watched movies with me, yeah, but I do. I watch movies with my kids, yeah. mm -hmm. and we talk about stuff. Right. It's not just so that he understands the movie in the proper way. It's like, no, we're sitting on the couch eating popcorn, doing something like incarnational and relational. <laughs> yeah. And we're doing that as family, you know, father, son, father, daughter, whatever it is, mm -hmm. husband and wife, you know, like we're being intentional in that way. So I think that whatever we do, we have to get back. I mean, I think on a very basic level, we need to have authentically human experiences, which means that we have to engage our whole selves, not just part of ourselves. That's kind of my joke about, like, you have more than two eyeballs and two thumbs, you know? Like, you haven't, go for a walk. Mm. Go walk the dog. Who would have ever thought that that would be such a fundamental human activity that would actually be life-giving? Like, during COVID, I'd see my kids go out, yeah. go for walks with, right. with Napoleon all the time. I was like, hooray, wow. What a beautiful discovery, going for a walk, you know, <laughs> you know, or get out, get your hands Ground dirty and grow things. This is one thing I, I, I know you hate this, but, <laughs> but, but there is an equivalent to it. But I lo I love to garden. The reason why I love to garden is I, I think it's really humanizing to actually grow something 
And sometimes when you try and things die, learning why is it dying? That's like, what I can't does it take. need? I can't I take know. The death. But your music would be the equivalent to that. Like yeah. you're holding a guitar in your hand, you're using your voice box, you're making sound. You, like you're using right. the whole of yourself. Your mm. your heart is in it. Your head's in it. Mm. It's a it's a total human activity to make music. So it's no different. And every single person on the face of the earth needs to have that kind of creative outlet. Mm. And there's no way we're going to be creative without in some way participating in God's own creativity, which is abounding around us at every moment. But in so, a virtual reality, you could be a professional guitar player and watch yourself but perform no, but, but, in front of Yeah, but of you know, the, the truth is, is I, okay, great point. But I, and I do fear that people will... People will be much more satisfied with looking at a, a what is it? You know the goggles. What, um, yeah, yeah, virtu- the VR, the, like VR. a virtual experience of a tropical place, as opposed to getting on an airplane and going to a tropical place and actually feeling the sand on your feet. Mm. You know, it's not the same. It's not, not the same. Right, 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 right. It's just a picture. It's only a part of yourself. It's a reductionism. You know, and it's. You know, so um, it's not a substitute yeah. for the real experience. So I think what we have to do in our age is we have to force ourselves and our children, kind of, I don't mean that to be too violent, but <laughs> but to have real, you know, incarnational experiences where we're truly present to the realities that God has made and, uh, and, and, and touch those things and be touched by them. And then technologies will find their proper place within our existence. But mm. we're not doing that. That's the problem. I wonder if it's, you know, do you remember the movie Contact from like, I don't know, maybe early 2000s, late 1990s? I remember. I don't 90s. think I ever saw it, though. Yeah. It's a great movie. Uh, it, I mean, in for the most part, it is. Um, but the whole story is that uh, there's an alien signal that's received on the earth and and so they're they're they've the the signal is how to build the machine that takes them through the wormhole to to meet this alien culture right the cool part about it is that today it would probably be all these scientists that do it you know and then they go there and and everything's awesome but the cool thing i liked about that movie is that there were there were all these different voices around the table to to discern whether this was the right thing to do, and one of those voices was was a, uh, a guy that had previously been a, a Catholic priest, so he you know his part of the conversation was like all about you know are are we is this really what we're supposed to do kind of like the why why are we doing this you know asking that question, my guess is that a lot of the advancement of technology that's been happening, there's probably not that person who's sitting around the table asking, like, why should we do this? You know, like, and so the so the 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 conversations are probably, and this is this is why I think it's in some ways inevitable. Is the conversation is like, well, a, a lot of information can help people, you know, and so let's keep, and then they're like, oh, but this is. This is uh, the unexpected consequence of doing that. It's the same thing with smartphones. I'm sure they sat around and they were like, it would be really helpful if people could communicate instantly, take pictures instantly, send them, send videos instantly, 
download information instantly. And uh, in, and in many ways, that is a really good thing. And then, you know, and then somebody comes along and they're like, oh, well, there's this tool that, that I can, I can create an app that, uh, people across the world can get to know each other, quote unquote, and connect with each other. That's a great thing. Bring it like making the world a little bit smaller. So they have all these great intentions and then the unintended consequences are things that I'm sure they'd never thought of because it's like, because they want to get this thing out there. Um, I don't know, and I don't even know if, I don't know, I don't want to sound hopeless, <laughs> but but in a way it's almost like I don't, I don't know if we can see that far out. Like, I don't know if we'd be able to sit down at a table where they're talking about creating AI and be like, well, this is probably, this is, this could be the bad thing that happens, so we shouldn't do it, or... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's I, a, no, I do. And, and there's actually an organization out there that I've come across called the. I think it's called the Center for Humane Technology, something like that. Have you heard ooh, of this? No, but that sounds cool. And they're, they're it's an. I think it's a nonprofit, and all they do is try to get this conversation about, you know, how do we become more reflective? Mm. And the talk I listened to, I thought was really interesting because they said that you know part of the reason why things get out there so quickly is because everybody wants to be first to the market because they don't want to be left out or left behind. Sure. And so they just kind of they bypass or they step over the ethical and philosophical questions uh, because they, you know, because, like, quite frankly, if we have this slow, deliberative conversation in the United States of America, well, the Chinese are just going to get that technology out. So better us than them. Better, you know, that's kind of the mindset. Yeah. Better that we have that technology than those evil Chinese people, you know. And I think it's ironic, the blindness of Americans when we do that. Better that we have the nuclear bomb and use it, but nobody else can. <laughs> right, yeah. Anyway, I, whatever. But, you know, we, 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 we have our own little kind of blind spots and, 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 and pride and, and hubris around that. Yeah. So I don't know how you solve the practical problem because that is a real problem. It's, it's kind of the logic of the marketplace, you know, that the way the market operates it, it, this is what happens, and at the same time, the same time to try to control the market so that that doesn't happen would require such a tremendous amount of tyrannical control over the economy. Mm, yeah. We call that socialism or communism that we really don't. And there's no saying that that kind of tyrannical government isn't going to use that same technology against its own people. So th there's no way ultimately to solve the problem on a kind of pragmatic level. Yeah. But what we can do, and I think this is the church's responsibility, and, and we need to do it way more, is we need to be talking and educating yeah. ourselves and one another, and we need to be driving this conversation globally. I mean, we are the only worldwide organization, you know, and if you mm. think of how many Christians exist in the world— we need to be more dedicated and more committed to educating ourselves on these issues and being able to have a thoughtful and reflective conversation around these issues so that we can rub off and influence other people about it. Because like you're saying, we're never going to turn back the clock. It's not, right. we, we, we can't, you know, the Amish solution isn't on the table, actually, <laughs> if you want to stay, right. you know, somehow engaged with the world. And we have to be in it, but we have to, we have to be the ones that are that kind of leaven. And unfortunately, I think a lot of us are just 
we're just bought right into it. Yeah. Like we're just embracing it wholesale. Not all of us, of course. Yeah. But but lots of us are just I mean, not that people are openly and consciously embracing it, but people just kind of go along with just go with the flow, just kind of go with the herd, you know. Right. This is what we do now. All my kids have to have a a smartphone and then, you know, three years later they're trying to figure out how, what you know, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well it's like you should have thought that through before you gave your kids the phone. Mm. So I, I think we could do a better job, honestly, as a as a community of faith, engaging these issues, um, rather than some of the other issues that I feel like we engage, yeah, uh, obsessively. Um, I do have, uh, I, I real quickly, I just would love your thoughts on this. But the movie, the creator, are you, okay? So, the premise of the movie is that I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's a guy who. Uh, oh, is this the movie about the? It's the AI. AI. Yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. AI, the weapon that's going to yeah. end the war against the humans to destroy, you know, like, yeah. because the, at some point, AI uh, exploded a nuclear bomb that wiped out L.A. So the United States has, has a no AI kind of policy. And countries, New Asia, they call it, it's still very much a harmonious existence with AI and uh, between AI and humans. Um, so the, the United States has built this trillion-dollar kind of low-orbit ship that is that just goes around, flies around the United States, and, and finds pockets of AI and destroys them, right? They're eradicating all the AI that's left. And the AI sometimes looks like robots and sometimes looks like humanoid kind of thing with, like, skin and stuff like that. But they, but they're definitely AI because you can. Yeah. Anyway, you can they, see the. Yeah. yeah. So, so I the saw the trailer. So the weapon that's created is in the form of a of like an eight year old girl. Yeah. And um and it has the ability electronically to manipulate electronic things around it, turn things off, jam signals, blah blah blah, and so the the intention ultimately is to to have this thing uh, destroy that ship that's in the air so that uh, because that's really the biggest threat to to ai anyway the movie the movie goes on to sort of lay out that the consciousness of ai is such that like there are people in monk garb like ai in monk they're monks you know like religious practicing um artificial intelligence like that's how sentient and and autonomous they are and so the guy who is who is uh, whose job is to destroy that weapon starts to get, you know it's like a, a kid and yeah. it, it expresses emotion in a you know like in a non very human kind of way and he finds himself unable to to destroy it and it's like I'm just curious because it made me think like obviously they don't have I, they don't have a soul. You know, yeah. But at what point are you like? Do you have a responsibility to the thing you create that may have some type of self consciousness? Is it? I don't know. I'm very confused by the morality of like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like reminds me of just another telling of the West World. Oh yeah, storyline, yeah, right, 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 which is yeah. a good place for us to go, actually. 
Because there is, there's a lot of question about what the nature of intelligence is. And, of course, there's just a huge divide between people who are materialists in that thinking and versus, you know, people who are of a more classical, you know, sort of metaphysical mindset. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, where I come down on this is that uh, people are just, just fools to think that computers have consciousness. Like, they just are. You don't know what it is to be human. You don't know what it is to be a living organism if you think that pure matter without spirit of any kind is going to be conscious. It, a computer is computing, and it's computing on the basis of a program, and where does that program come from? Where did the AI originate? And that's why the movie was called The Creator, right? I think, I'm guessing, I haven't seen it, but I'm guessing, is that the fact that it, it's a conscious, intelligent being that created a computer. So the, the cause is always going to be greater than the effect. That's a metaphysical principle. Mm -hmm. Even though there are traces of the effect, of the cause in the effect, like every, every, every effect bears some image and likeness to the cause in anything in, in, in reality, just like we bear the image of God. So God is pure consciousness. God is pure spirit, and therefore we bear some resemblance to him because what he created because he could mm. is he could create he could create pure spirit we but because we're not like we can't we can't create consciousness in that way god god has given us one way to create conscious beings it's called sex <laughs> so only when that egg and that ovum come mm. together even if we manipulate that process on a genetic level the pathway is set so a computer is a computer, and it might be an incredibly powerful computer, and it might have a lot of quasi sort of what we might call sort of like pseudo-agency. But here's the bottom line. There is no ethical responsibility to care for a machine that could potentially destroy even animal life mm. because a plant or an animal is of greater value than any machine is. So, you know, so from an ethical standpoint, what's our obligation? Like, if we ever got that powerful, you just destroy the thing. Yeah. Like, period. Well, it but, was interesting. But, oh, yeah, go ahead. But, but, but I also want to say is the fact that even though they can mimic and, and emulate what appears to be human, you know, whether it's feelings. Right, there was, there was one begging yeah. for its life yeah. before yeah. they the, exterminated. The, the, the reality is, is it's, and this is what I thought Westworld did such a good because when you get to the end of season one, anyway, you, you realize, oh, it, they're still just programmed. Mm. They're still programmed. They're even being programmed by other AI, you know, I can't mm. remember what they called them. They called the, the robotic Yeah, I forget. I forget. But, but I mean, but, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah. So there's a metaphysical problem that we don't understand the nature of spirit. We don't understand the nature of soul, even for plants and animals. And we don't understand the principle of life, that we can reproduce the principle of life, but we through a reproductive process, but we can't create it out of nothing. Like, we can't give to matter something that matter itself can't... Like, metal and silicon and wires, they, 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 don't, have, they don't have the innate potency or possibility for consciousness. Mm -hmm. They don't. So they're just machines. That's all they are. So I think we need to get that straight. Now, they might be extremely powerful machines that could be very destructive to us. That I don't doubt. But in terms of our ethical obligations, all this idea, like Star Wars does this to boot, like everybody forms these intimate relationships um, 
Honestly, I don't imagine anybody ever becoming and feeling as though they're becoming more human by snuggling up with a robot. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. People will be at the existential depths of despair if they are literally cohabitating with a robot that they think is their friend or companion because they we will know that everything that that thing does is a result of a program and there's no real voluntary free agency operating there it's all whatever is operating there was created by an actual human mm. and we should despise the humans that are creating those kind of fake companions for mm. us and it, it's coming i mean you know pretty soon there will be how houses of robotic prostitution that'll be up everywhere it's crazy it'll be within a decade that's wild yeah and it's going to be even more unfulfilling because i i would say looking at real people having sex on a video is actually one small minute degree more humanizing than trying to have simulated sex with a with a with a robot like it's just so like that's well, when you say it so like that, vacuous. it sounds so not romantic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I mean, if it's all about the pleasure, it's right, like just sure. It's actually probably more humanizing to stimulate yourself. But well, not that I want to end on that note. But the point, the point, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make. I, I'm going to have to go on for at least another minute or yeah, two here go. because I don't want to end on that go, note. Go. But the point is, is that we 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 have we really have lost a proper understanding of what it is to be human. So we can deceive ourselves into thinking stupid thoughts like that. Yeah. We we need to spend more time understanding what it is to be a body and soul. Mm. What it is to have. Um, you know, organic life, what it is to have spiritual life, consciousness, emotion, um, transcendence, uh, memory, imagination, creativity. Like, we, we, we actually think about ourselves in ways that are in complete contradiction of the very reflective conversations we're having about it. Like, <laughs> like if we yeah. really were robots, we wouldn't be having this conversation, Scott. Right, we wouldn't be like we wouldn't be able wow. to have a conscious, transcendent conversation around the meaning of existence if we were robots. We just wouldn't. That wouldn't happen. It can't happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so so I think that our age, this AI technology, is going to force us. I think is going to force us to rediscover what it means to be flesh hmm. and what it means to be spirit. Wow, and flesh and spirit in a yeah. composite, in a in a in a unified whole, and that might be God's interesting way of bringing us back to center because He might just need us to. We might need to go through this experience of losing ourselves to rediscover who who we really are yeah. as His image and likeness. Mm. So. We can should. we end on that one? We we can. Yeah, yeah. that was good. I that didn't want good. to leave people with that other. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's it, I mean necessary though. Like it's because it's true. It's so it's bizarre. But hey, man, man, I yeah, I don't, I don't. It's funny. I don't worry about this. I'm you know I'm not like oh my gosh, is this gonna take over? Because I always bring it back to you said this earlier. Like the, I think the. We can't control necessarily the conversations that are going on on a macro level, you know, in the development of this stuff. But we can be, we can exercise and practice incarnational, like real human stuff within our own families and our own communities and things like that. And 
I, th- I just think, yeah, we, we have to be intentional about that because the, the push is to disconnect from all of that stuff. Like, that's kind of the, the prevailing, like, gosh, the, the tension that's going on is, like, disconnect from that, disconnect from reality, disconnect from the difficulties of life. And it's like, no, we just need to spend more time with each other. Like, t- like you said, touching each other, being in touch with God's creation and, and just constantly, yeah, reconnecting that way. Amen. All right. Yeah. Well, I th- I, cool. I, I, I want to just say this, that we are a categorically different kind of thing than mm. a machine, than a computer. Our brains are not computers. They compute, but they're not computers. Mm. And, and we just, we have to, we have to really embrace that and live into that. And I think we only will when we spend more time with each other in very human ways that involve the totality of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Our body, our soul, yeah. our mind, will, imagination, memory, all of it. And, um, and then we'll, we'll know who we are and, uh, and, and hopefully be able to live more fittingly to the kind of creatures God has made us to be. So let us leave Woo! ourselves with that thought. Yeah, go out. I mean, yeah. Uh, gosh, I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe nothing. Yeah. Probably nothing. a good place to end. We're dribbling now. We're just we blah, are, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, drooling. <laughs> My mind well, is so fried. Say, no, but, I know. But I know. We, we should stop. But we but, can come back to this topic yeah. another time. And it, always encourage people. Fun. Yeah, so I'll just encourage people to, um, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, very blessed by these conversations. So, and hopefully you are too. And if you... I uh, want to bless other people with it. You know, make sure you just send it, share it with people. Um, go to our website, preambula.org, to see all the incredible ways that we are helping people to um, get back in touch with that connection to, you know, like body, mind, and spirit, you know, the way God created you, and to come to a greater awareness of that and to help integrate that more fully into your life. So we're doing we're doing. I think really great things to help people uh, along this journey. Yeah, to have a a real experience of their amen of their humanity for sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks, brother. Hey, thank you. It's always great. God bless. Bye. The Wise Guys Podcast is a production of Preambule Group, a Catholic ministry dedicated to helping you thrive in the heart of Jesus. Visit us on the web at preambula.org and follow us on social media.